Welcome to the Blueprint of Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Clark. I'm a master life coach, speaker, and mental strategist obsessed with women ready for radical change and craving more, more fulfillment, more success, more self-love, and more happiness. If this is you, you have come to the right place. Consider this podcast your weekly dose of self-development, mindset shifts, and inner transformation to help you step into and own the woman you're becoming and the life you're creating. I'll be sharing all the tools, secrets, and trainings so that you can maximize your life and unlock each new level of yourself. Now, let's dive in. Hey gorgeous human, I'm so happy to have you with me here today. Today we are chatting triggers, triggers for our anxiety, our depression and our compulsive negative views. So if you are frustrated and feeling helpless to certain things that happen in your life that just trigger these states for you that you can't seem to kick, today you have clicked on the right podcast. We are diving straight into that today. We all have a very common way of dealing with triggers. And this goes back to a lot of what I spoke about in episode one on circumstances. Human nature and logic tells us in order to not be triggered by this thing, we must remove it from our consciousness, meaning we must remove it from our environment or we must remove ourselves from that environment. And this is most probably the way that we have dealt with triggers up until this point in our life. It is human nature, human instinct to remove ourselves from the situation. So up until this point, that is probably how you've been dealing with your triggers. And that is why these triggers continue to have this power over you and this control over you to shift your state so instantly. So also touching on a concept that I took you through in episode one, concept being the levels of change, which essentially states that change in our environment only is the core of all temporary change, but change in our identity is the core of all permanent change. And what this means is essentially this pyramid ripples downwards and you have identity at the top, then values and beliefs following that following that behavior and then environment as the product. And what this means is when you change your identity around whatever specific topic or area that is triggering you, your values, what you believe to be important and your beliefs, what you believe to be right and wrong, will change as a result of your identity around that thing. And then following that, your behavior will most definitely change when your beliefs and values have changed. So when you when what you believe to be right and wrong or true and false or what you believe to import, be important has changed, that will change the way you behave. And by default, as a product, as a result, your environment will most definitely, of course, change if your behavior changes. And that is what the permit of change is all about. Problem is, we as emotional creatures often start at the bottom of the pyramid. And this is why we experience so much temporary change in our life and so little permanent change in our lives. Because when we immediately, when logic tells us immediately, just change the environment and everything will be fine. Yes, you will receive the emotion you want to feel. You will feel like things have changed for a temporary um, period of time but ultimately because the other levels haven't changed nothing has changed permanently 
when we change their environment, first, no real change has taken place. Only conscious change has taken place. So it will inevitably resurface itself. These triggers will inevitably resurface themselves through our lives. It's only a matter of time. And it could be a day, it could be a week, it could be a month, it could be 10 years before that happens, but it will happen. And this is why we fall into this this circuit and the cycle and this trap of never truly making permanent change in our lives. Now, the important thing to remember here with regards to identity, it is not to say that someone who has a great self-esteem, has amazing self-confidence and security in who they are and a great identity of themselves, a great general overall identity of themselves is not going to experience these triggers and is not going to experience these um, temporary changes because... It is not just about your overall identity. It's not just about your general identity, about yourself. That would be specific to a self-esteem issue or a self-esteem trigger, not to all other triggers. What we have to remember is when I say identity, I mean your identity in that trigger, your identity around that area, your relation to that, your relationship with whatever the issue is. That is what identity is. So this human instinct, desire, or logic that has told us to remove ourselves from the situation, remove ourselves from the environment in order to stop being triggered is what has been keeping us in this place for so long and is what, what has been inflicting or solidifying those feelings of frustration and almost this helpless feeling towards your situation the whole time. But that stops today because today I'm going to take you through exactly what you do to really identify your triggers, identify the reasoning behind your triggers and from that overcome them at the end. So first things first, the first thing we got to do is we got to, first of all, identify your triggers. And from there, more importantly, identify the real reasons behind our triggers. Always, 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 we will find our triggers will come back to something within our subconscious programming. And you'll understand more about what I'm talking about as I take you through this. So I'm going to start off by telling you guys a story about a lady that I have worked with um, who had told me that when her mom criticizes her or corrects her, she her depression is triggered. Now, this is a 48-year-old woman who lives with her mom, and she's saying that when her mom criticizes her or corrects her, it triggers depression for her. So she's got this nailed down. That is what she has identified her trigger to be. So her immediate reaction is, okay, I got to move out of my house, move out of this house. I got to get myself my own place so that I don't have to be there. That is her immediate reaction to me. Just me, no, don't worry. I just need to get my own place. And you see how her immediate instinct, immediate logic was to remove herself from the situation, remove herself from the environment that made her feel triggered. So the next thing is we got to look at what does this trigger make you feel? So I asked her, what, what does this actually make you feel? When your mom criticizes you or corrects you, what does it make you feel? And she said, no, it makes me feel inadequate, not good enough, like nothing I do or say is good enough. So we sat on that for a while and when we started asking some questions and started questioning these triggers and these feelings she was feeling and we dug back a little bit, we found that 
her ex-husband had an affair. And when we dug back further than that, we found out that growing up, she was a very, very shy person. She didn't have a lot of self-confidence at all. That was just who she was. But when she met her ex-husband in her 20s, she, he loved her so, so much that this love that he had for her gave her confidence that she'd never had before. It gave her security that she'd never had before. It gave her that freedom and that safety to be who she was that she never had before. So not only did her husband have an affair, which would make anybody feel like they're slightly less than or a lot less than, but all of her confidence, all of her security, her whole identity of who she was, was based in him. So when he had the affair, he didn't just break their marriage up or make her feel like she was not good enough. He took with all of her confidence and all of the security she had ever had in who she was. All of the self-esteem she had ever built up was through him. So he took that all with him. So after that, we realize that it's not actually, in fact, her mom. It's not actually, in fact, what her mom says, that she takes this so personally. It has nothing to do with the actual trigger she thought it was. The reasoning behind it has nothing to do with the actual trigger. It's simply that what, has being, what is being said is triggering something that makes her feel like she's not good enough. And because she doesn't have that self-esteem, she doesn't have that self-confidence, she is being triggered into a place of depression, not because of her mom, but because of the reasoning, the issue behind that trigger that she hasn't yet dealt with, the belief that she hasn't yet come to change. So that is the first and very, very important step. Because what we're doing now, by identifying the trigger, we have taken back our power by identifying the reasoning behind the trigger. It will always, always, always come back to some sort of subconscious programming. And that puts the accountability back on you. So now the accountability has been shifted from her mom and what her mom does and says to her to herself and her own subconscious. Now, this is not a shift of blame from the trigger to yourself. No, it's a shift of accountability. And a shift of accountability is a shift of power. It is taking the power from the trigger and putting the power back on you, back in your hands. So now essentially, we believe all these triggers and we believe these things to trigger us because of a story we have told ourselves around these triggers, because of beliefs we have around these triggers. So step number one is to ask yourself questions around the story around your triggers. Focusing on one trigger at a time, ask yourself, what? triggers the overwhelming feeling of depression, anxiety, or negativity. Consciously, what do you identify your trigger to be? Taking it one at a time, identify one of your triggers first. And then, ask yourself, 
what feeling does this trigger produce? What emotions does this trigger produce? Not this trigger produces anxiety or depression or negativity. More specifically, what emotions get sparked within you before it turns into that state of depression, anxiety or negativity? Is it rejection? Is it inadequacy? Is it anger? Is it hurt? What emotions are produced? And question number three, ask yourself, when else have I felt this way in my life? What other circumstances trigger this emotion for me? And then ask yourself, number four, what do I have to believe right now for this emotion to surface itself around this trigger? And what that really means is going back to the story, what would this woman have to believe for the emotions of not being good enough, the emotions of inadequacy to surface themselves around this trigger? She would have to believe that she is not worthy. She would have to believe that she is not good enough. So those are the beliefs that she has around the reasoning behind the trigger. So dive into yours, ask yourself those questions before you move on to step number two. Step number two is changing the identity of yourself around the reasoning for your trigger. And that's what we're going to go into now. Now that the power is in your hands and it's come back to you to shift that accountability, which it always will, because all of our triggers, all the reasonings for our triggers are rooted in your own perception of reality, personal to you. If you haven't yet found how that trigger comes back around to your subconscious mind, keep digging deeper because it always will. And you want to shift that accountability onto yourself so that you're able to shift that power onto yourself to make the changes. Until you have made that shift, the next step becomes a lot harder. So make that shift first. Make sure you've done step number one first and then move on to now changing the identity of yourself around the reasoning for your trigger. And to give you guys an example, going back to the story, she would have to change her identity around her worth and her self-image. And to give you guys another example, maybe your finances cause great anxiety for you, such massive anxiety for you. Um, if you find yourself identifying your trigger as paying your bills, so you find when you pay your bills, it triggers anxiety for you. The reasoning behind that will lead to your relationship with money or your fear of not having enough money. So therefore, the identity to change is the identity and relationship you have with money. And then diving a little bit deeper, you guys would have heard me speak about I am statements lots of times before if you've listened to any of my talks really. I am statements. Your mind perceives the words I am as a command. So anything that follows the words I am, your mind will work at itself to make that true. And this is because your mind can't deal with conflict. So when it, it's, it sees any conflict that you're saying you are something, but it's not projecting in your reality, it will fight with itself to make you project that in your reality, to make that true so that it is all flowing, it is all calm, there's no conflict there. That is why your mind perceives I am statements 
to be commands. So bearing that in mind, the next question you're going to ask yourself about that trigger you are working on, now that you have identified what the belief, what the limiting belief is that you've got that is keeping that trigger's power over you, now you're going to ask yourself, what do I need to believe in order to feel differently about this trigger and reasoning? For the lady in the story, she would need to believe that she is good enough. She would need to believe that she is love and she is worthy as she is. For finances, you would need to believe that money is abundant and money is easily flowing to you. Those are the beliefs that you would have to instill into your mind. So for whatever yours is, you identify that belief you need to have in order to change your perception of your trigger and from there you use that to create your i am statements for the lady it would be things like i am beyond good enough i am worthy i am love for finances i am abundant i am a money magnet and repeating these things day in day out over and over again writing them out on a piece of paper sticking them up where you can see them Slowly but surely, this becomes part of your hardware. Now, this does take a little while. It takes programming. It takes conditioning. It takes day in, day out, reminding yourself, commanding your brain to allow that, that I am statement to match your reality, match your reality, commanding your mind to find the ways to make that the truth. That becomes part of your hardware. That becomes instilled in your mind and in your beliefs. And it is through doing that, through reconditioning that first we deprogrammed, now we are reprogramming. And through reconditioning that, we are changing our identity around that trigger. We are changing our identity around that area of our lives. And that is where all permanent change comes from. That is the core of all permanent change. So changing this identity, reconditioning and reprogramming a new identity that offers you the emotions and the responses that you desire and that you need in your life comes from changing these exact things. So that is how we deal with triggers. That is how we finally overcome these triggers. And that is how we create change in these triggers from the core of change will ripple downwards and will change your environment. I hope you guys loved today's episode and got a ton of value from it. If you know that now is your time to take that next step, to take that next step to completely mastering your depression, well then, I have got the perfect course for you available now, a 10-week program that takes you through exactly each and every single mental process training that you need to go through to finally be able to master your depression and work with it so that it doesn't have that control over your life anymore. If this is something that you know that you need, you can find me on Instagram at CourtneyClark.cc. Link is in my bio for that. Otherwise, I will put the link in the comments here below as well. That is all from me for this episode. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Did you enjoy this episode? 
If so, I'd love to hear from you your biggest takeaways, your honest thoughts and questions, and what you'd like to hear more of. Leave me a review or find me on Instagram at CourtneyClark.cc. This means the absolute world to me, to the life that you deserve.